0: Do you feel like you need God's encouragement and wisdom throughout the week to take hold of his promise to fly like an eagle? You've come to the right place. Welcome to Eagles on the Hill. Let's join our host, Pastor Jeff Scheich. All right, people, I am your host, Pastor Jeff Scheich. Thanks for joining us. Search for Eagles on the Hill on YouTube and hit the subscribe button in the lower right-hand corner. Find us wherever you listen to your podcast. Follow us there together as as we together follow Jesus and uh, draw strength from him. To fly like an eagle. So today's podcast is about our recent Supreme Court decisions here in the United States, been released at the end of June of 2023, and I'm going to go through a couple of them. I am not a legal expert, although I do enjoy uh, different things, political and legal and economic. But um, I do hope I am somewhat of an expert on the things of Scripture, and so I want to analyze or look at some of these decisions on the basis of Christian faith, specifically as we want to do on this podcast how we think biblically and live Christianly in light of our faith and and as we apply that to these decisions of the Supreme Court. So the first one I wanna look at is a freedom of speech uh, decision that came out. It was uh, brought by Lori Smith. Lori Smith is a website designer from Colorado and uh, she uh, designs websites for all sorts of people, but not for all sorts of things. She does not wanna design websites, use her gifts and talents to go against her beliefs. Uh, she wants to have freedom of speech to be able to speak and f- and think and act freely based on uh, her conscience. So this was an important case uh, for a lot of reasons. And the ruling came down in her favor, which is a uh, just a great ruling. Um, It's great biblically because God desires us to be free. Uh, He showed that in the Old Testament when he freed the slaves from Egypt, and in the New Testament talks a lot about our freedom in Christ as well. God designed us to be free people who speak and think freely and who love and serve him freely. Imagine, if you will, in terms of this case, if you want to think it through, a person who was— who identifies as gay, uh, perhaps as even uh, married in the United States, of course, gay uh, people, there is such a thing as same-sex marriage. So imagine a person who was in favor of that and who had a business designing websites and someone approached this person and wanted them to use their gifts and talents to design a website that would oppose gay marriage. Should they have to design a website that would oppose something they believe? I don't believe they should. Or imagine a Jewish photographer uh, takes pictures of all sorts of things, and that's their business, and uh, they hire themselves out to take pictures. Imagine someone approaching them and desiring that they uh, uh, take pictures of a neo-Nazi parade. I don't believe a Jewish photographer should need to or have to or be coerced to take pictures of a neo-Nazi parade, and so this was a great decision. We need to be able to act in accordance with our conscience and not have to use our gifts and talents to promote things we disagree with. All right, the next decision we will talk about is an affirmative action decision. Colleges and universities can no longer take race into consideration as a specific basis for granting admission. This was kind of a very limited ruling, and I want to talk about this from the practical standpoint this way. Uh, There is, I get, some value past discrimination for sure, absolutely, without a doubt. And there's value in trying to overcome uh, that past discrimination. But um, what happens as a result of affirmative action is diabolical, and I'll explain why I believe that in a second. So from a biblical point of view, what is our biblical perspective regarding race? I believe Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. summarized it best in his famous call for people not to be judged on the basis of the color of their skin, but on the content of their character. That was a biblical worldview put into action by Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. many years ago. That belief of Martin Luther King Jr. is now rejected by many in our culture. And instead, a different view is promoted that is actually racist. Critical race theory, one of the most recognized proponents today of critical race theory, is Ibram X. Kendi. And I want to give you a quote from Ibram X. Kendi about this so you can see the difference and how he would differ from a biblical worldview. As I'm giving you this quote, it talks about equity. And I want to just let you know in advance, equity and equality are two different things. That's probably the, a topic for a different podcast. So equity is not equality. We'll talk about that at some point in the future, probably. But here's a quote from Ibram X. Kendi, critical race theory proponent. He says, the defining question is whether discrimination is creating equity or inequity. If discrimination is creating equity, then it is anti-racist. So that means discrimination can be good. If discrimination is creating inequity, then it is racist. So then he's saying discrimination can be bad. The only remedy to racist discrimination, he says, is anti-racist discrimination. The only remedy to past discrimination is present discrimination. The only remedy to present discrimination is future discrimination. So he is advocating, because there was discrimination in the past, he's advocating for discrimination in the present. Well, of course, if you think about that, that's an endless cycle, because those who are discriminated against today will rise up. 10, 20 years from now and say we were discriminated against then, now we have to discriminate again. It's an endless cycle of discrimination. At some point, the discrimination simply needs to go away. We need to say we sinned in the past, we're not going to sin today. Think about what affirmative action does. It's insidious and its effects on people. The reality is every person is created in the image of God, but the effects of affirmative action are insidious. I'll give you two examples, both who, of whom sit on the Supreme Court. Clarence Thomas, black African-American sitting on the Supreme Court. When he was nominated by President Bush, President Bush said he nominated him because he was the best person available. Others said he was nominated because of his skin color. He was replacing a black justice on the Supreme Court with Clarence Thomas, who was also black. And so people said, ah, oh, aha, it's an affirmative action placement and uh, he doesn't really belong there. Every night when Clarence Thomas's bed hits the pillow, he has to wonder, am I on the Supreme Court because I belong here or because of the color of my skin? That's a terrible burden to give somebody for the rest of their life. Ketanji Brown Jackson is another person on the Supreme Court currently was nominated by President Biden. She has similar issue, but not really, because when President Biden nominated Ketanji Brown Jackson, he said, I will only nominate a woman And I will only nominate a person of color. And so she knows without a doubt that she is on the Supreme Court because she is a woman. That's her first qualification. And because she's a person of color, whatever that is exactly, that's her second qualification. She knows in her heart of hearts that she is likely not the best qualified person. She's only there because of these uh, characteristics, these groups that she belongs to. That is diabolical. So. In order to end uh, discrimination, we just need to end discrimination. That would be a biblical stance. Another, um, uh, the the third uh, decision we'll talk about is a student debt decision. The Supreme Court said that President Biden does not have the authority to cancel student debt on his own. Now, the politics of this, the legal thing of this, I don't. I'm not going to get into at the moment. But that issue is simply a seventh commandment issue, at least in the way Lutherans number the commandments. The seventh commandment in the Lutheran numbering is thou shalt not steal. What student debt um, relief does is takes money from people who did not incur the debt, did not incur the benefit, and gives it to people who did incur the debt and did have the benefit. And it does it by force of law, by taxation. That is stealing. And so the simple moral answer is this cannot be done. You cannot take money from someone, steal it from them. To pay off another person's debts and that's what that uh that desire of the biden administration was and so the obvious this is a slam dunk biblically it's against the seventh commandment our final uh, ruling that we'll take a look at today is a religious freedom ruling and this one is uh very interesting to me not just because it's religious freedom but i'll tell you why in a minute There was a postal worker the case is a postal worker who was hired by the united states post office And uh, a Christian postal worker, specifically, he was a Christian who believed, strongly held religious belief, that he could not work on Sundays. Well, that's great, because the post office does not deliver mail on Sundays. So what a place to work. Worked out perfectly. However, the postal service then got a contract with Amazon, and that contract stipulated that they had to deliver mail on Sundays, specifically Amazon packages. So now this guy was then going to be forced to work on Sundays. The post office did not accommodate his religious beliefs. They forced they were going to force him to work on Sundays. Rather than work on Sundays, he simply quit the post office. And then he took the post office to court and won the case before the Supreme Court, that the post office would have had to make accommodation for him in his employment for his sincerely held religious beliefs. A reason that this case is uh, pretty interesting to me is that this guy was my mother's postal worker in Pennsylvania. And so she knows this guy, and he quit the postal service and went to work for the retirement community in which she lives and um, works on the mailroom side of their retirement community, helping sort and deliver mail, obviously not having to work on Sundays. So my mom uh, knows the guy who was the plaintiff in this case, and so that makes it pretty important to me. Obviously, we want we're, we're desiring people to have religious freedom and to be able to uh, Carry out and live according to our strongly held beliefs. Our freedom in the United States, by the way, is not a freedom of worship. You'll hear this said over and over and over again by politicians. The freedom we have is not the freedom of worship. So be careful as you talk about it. It's freedom of religion. It means being able to live out our religious beliefs. That's the freedom that we've been granted by God and is guaranteed to us in the United States Constitution. So there you go. That's what we got for you today. Want to encourage you to email us at eaglesonthehill211@gmail.com. That's eagles on the hill, all one word, no spaces, dots, dashes, underscores, just eagles on the hill211 at gmail.com. Send us your comments about this podcast or others. Send us your questions. Send us topics that you'd like to hear us talk about. We'd love to hear from you. Subscribe on our YouTube channel or wherever you listen to podcasts, and just search for Eagles on the Hill and follow us, like us. If you can find a button that says you love us, click that one as well. That would be great. Remember the promise of God in Isaiah 40, that those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will run and not grow weary. They will fly on wings like eagles. They will walk and not be faint. So have a great day in Christ.